This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Day of the Triffids, episodes five and six. They make me sick. They're like maggots or vultures. I was ready for that. But there's more and more all the time. They seem to know where we are. They turned towards us when they saw the lorries. Some even moved towards us. They didn't see the lorries. They're plants. They can't see. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast about bespoke plant decapitating weaponry. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? I have a question for you, and that's what's real. The question is, there's a lot of blind people in this in this series. Yes, correct. And the blind people, they've, they've established that they're having some real troubles getting around. Yes, they're not adapting. No one seems to have a problem dressing. That is true. I think they're just all wearing the clothes they were wearing when they... You oh, think but so? it was the middle of the night. Oh, yes. They should all be in their pajamas. Yeah, I just think... That one guy was. <laughs> the show's missing a turn there. That people should be wearing like just horribly Crazy. mismatched co- colors. Neon yeah. blue pants and a, and a weird turtleneck. Yeah, how come that plotline hasn't been done? That's a good plotline, actually. Thank you. That'd be a good cutaway. Just like... <laughs> just, just someone wearing a polka dot shirt with striped pants. You're like, look at this guy. He clearly is blind. His wig's on backwards. <laughs> yes, wait, that's good. All right, Jordan. This is our final podcast. Yeah, on the Day I'm kind of the sad. Triffids. Are you sad? We're we're wrapping up. I enjoyed it. I honestly, I do believe I could watch a expanded version of this. I agree. I think surprisingly, when I realized, I'm like, oh, this is just a zombie movie, but with walking plants. Uh, weirdly, walking plants really revitalizes it for me. <laughs> it does. The little slippy, slappy tongues. It's all good. It, uh, this is one thing I'm always going to miss, and it's just because of the time period and probably the writing of the show and the and the ability of the puppeteers, but I would have loved to watch one of them eat a body. Yeah, it's funny, and just I mean, like this, a snake, just choke a bit of a, it down. <laughs> a bit of a spoiler, but like, we're never going to see it by the end. No, no, it doesn't come. It doesn't You're come. right, like it should have had, you know, because they're sort of immobile with their stalks. It'd be great if like they just the shot of like the feet sticking yeah, out. The about, feet yeah, the feet like going down into the like flower yeah. part. Wonderful wonderful idea. maybe in the 2009 version just choking down bodies <laughs> all right jordan so before we get into it i uh i thought we should uh have i'll have a little fun before we wrap this up i love fun so i i think this is the first time i've ever done this because i realize it's the first time i've ever had to come up with a title for this segment so oh okay this is why i know it's the first time i ever do it we're gonna play a game of merge with pollinate or destroy oh i love it All right, Jordan. Are you ready? I've, I've done three rounds for you. In in your own manner, I've done a few rounds for Thank you. Thank you. Here's the first round for, do you get uh, merge with, pollinate, destroy. Those are your three options. Your first options are, in round one, a triffid, a sandworm, or the sublime pelnum from uh, <laughs> that, that giant, that yeah, giant yeah. goopy pile from Warlord Battle for the Galaxy. Well, as the sub- sublime pat, but what's its name? Uh, the sublime pelnum, yeah, plenum, plenum, <laughs> plenum. As is, uh, as it likes to do, I'm merging with it. You're merging with that plenum. Yeah, yeah, I'm merging with it. And who are my other two? Uh, you can either pollinate or destroy a triffid or a sandworm. 
I think I'm going to pollinate a uh, Triffid and... Uh, and and I'm um I'm getting rid of the old sandworm. Sure. It's too much. It's too, it's too it's too much to deal with. I, I don't want to have to learn how to ride it. It's too big. Makes a mess. You know what, Jordan? I thought for sure you were gonna have so many objections to the idea of you fucking a triffid. <laughs> but you're no. on board. You no, no, I'm it. I'm on. Well, otherwise it's a uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, let's not even get started with that uh, that big poop monster. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the next round? Yeah, this is good already. For uh, your options for merge with, pollinate, or destroy are the man pig bat or grandpa from uh, <laughs> Mockingbird Lane. I didn't realize this was going to be like greatest hits of our previous episodes. Well, I was trying to think of like, I'm like, there's not a lot of characters. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not like, complaining. What if a Triffid's there? I'm like, well, it's got to be all gross monsters then. Yeah. It's it's the man pig bat from uh, Mockingbird Lane. Yeah. Robosaurus. Oh, Robosaurus. I forgot about him. Or uh, Russell Thresh from Generation X. Oh, 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 that guy. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the creep who uh, yeah, licked that yeah. child's face. Oh, those are really good. I think I'm... <laughs> those are really good. I think... Um, oh, what am I going to do? Who's my first one? Uh, Man Pig Bat. Okay, well... Grandpa from... He's, he's in he, that form, though. He's not He's not in Eddie Izzard form. He's in that yeah. gross form. I think he's getting uh, he's getting chucked. He was the the. You're gonna destroy. He's getting destroyed. Okay. Because I don't want to look at his gross pig face. Okay. And uh, I think I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna merge with Probosaurus. Great. <laughs> I love it. And then who's the last one? Uh, you're you're gonna pollinate Russell Thresh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I am, I am, and he's gonna be very animated. His face <laughs> is gonna be alive. Yeah, that, um, that works out. All right, and we're just gonna do the final round now. Yeah, okay. because this is Day of the Triffids, it is unfair for us not to talk about the three characters who are in the okay. show. Okay, so I give you Bill, I give you Joe, and I give you Co- Coker. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I I have a feeling you're gonna agree with me on this, and maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think uh, you're I'm. Right. I don't know where I'd go, so I'm so curious. I would merge with Coke. Coker. Coker. Yeah. Okay. I think he's just he's the I, I think he's the most you know what I think you're bunch. correct I think you are correct there I think I'm pollinating with Joe yeah that makes sense spoiler I like her new haircut later <laughs> and unfortunately for Bill I, I can't deal with him when he's falling downstairs and and accidentally remember you when know. you used to defend him as a smart man yeah it's not that I think he's dumb I just think he's no he's no turtleneck guy you know <laughs> I mean Coker is a clearly far more competent human being yes Yes. With, with empathy and mercy for all. I mean, I feel bad for Bill because I think he's a hard character to be the everyman, which is, I think, what they're trying to do. And I think that's maybe where he falls flat a little bit. Yeah. And it's getting a little serious for this game. But but regardless, he's getting killed. Although I will say, uh, Coker has some slip-ups this episode. That's we'll true. Out. That's true. Well, that was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, yeah. Um, all right. Here's the IMDb summary for part five. Bill's quest to find Joe leads him into the country where he finds the disease and the Triffids are wiping out humanity. And that was courtesy, of course, of Jay Sperlin. Yeah, he nailed it that time. You know, see, I can give credit where credit's due. Yeah, you're, you're coming around. Yeah, yeah. You, you thought he was a little long-winded at start, but now <laughs> these one-sentence ones are on the money. I can't speak to how he's like in real life. I'm assuming he's probably long-winded. But as you get to know him, it's just like less and less. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, all right there, whatever your name is. Do you think he looks like that plabum? What was that thing? Subli- from? A, a, a sublime plenum? That's what I assume he looks like while he's typing his reviews on IMDb. Man, you really are slagging on him, <laughs> aren't you? What a rough trilogy for him. <laughs> trilogy of podcasts. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry. 
Jay, if you're out there, keep doing what you're doing. You be you. Oh, that's nice. I I'm, guess I'm bringing. I'm building. Yeah, him up yeah, now. I'm building him up. Whatever. You, he doesn't deserve this. <laughs> All right, Jordan. What happened at the end of last episode? What was the cliffhanger? <laughs> the cliffhanger was footsteps. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it was. Yeah. He came to a hotel. Bill came to a hotel. Uh, he was at the university. But yeah. you, oh, sorry, university. That's right. It was the university they were at before. Yeah. He's sort of looking for Joe, I guess, and then uh, hears footsteps. He's like, maybe it's Joe, but it ain't. It's Coker. It's Coker. And Coker, he's in his turtleneck. It's Coker. Hey, that, that actually might, <laughs> that's his song. That might actually uh, answer the question about uh, clothing because I don't think he's changed his turtleneck. No, he, and but he, he but is, he, but he's, he's a, a sighted person. I know. So, but he's just, maybe he just feels bad for all the blind he, people not being able to change he their robbed, clothes. Uh, he robbed, he robbed a like big department store, but all he took was those turtlenecks. Yeah. He's like, this is what I'm wearing for the rest of my life. It's a nice turtleneck. Sure. I have no strong feelings. No. Anyways, I thought it was all right. <laughs> um, Coker it basically fills Bill in. The disease has wiped out all of his blind parties. Yeah, unless I'm wrong, Luke. We never really un- we never really learn what the disease is, but it's clearly very contagious. Yeah, it's clearly very contagious. Though, I mean, I guess we don't have enough sighted characters to know if it kills the sighted because there's just too many blind characters for it to happen to. I assumed it would also go to. I would assume so as well sighted. as well. It, it just, doesn't we- seem like it's not affecting just the eyes. Yeah, that's true. And now. Coker agrees with the people who wanted to bail on London to begin with, and they should all get out of London. And I was just like, nice giving up, Coker. (laughs) But thankfully for them, the people have abandoned. They've already left. They've gone to start their new civilization. I guess he didn't catch them all when he smoked out the building. Yeah. But on a chalkboard, they've left a message. Tinsham Manor in Tinsham Wilts. Yeah. Is that Are those real words? I don't know. It's very very British. (laughs) They were written down on a chalkboard, and I was looking at them. I'm like... I don't, I don't know if those are... I think there's just a random assortment I, of letters. I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But then they start talking about Tinship. I'm like, I guess that's a place. Yeah. And what do we find there? It's some sort of... So they they get in the truck and they, they travel, drive. They travel across yeah. the country. They get to Tinship Manor. And and what it seems to be is some sort of church. Is that how you would describe it? They certainly arrive during mass. Yes. It's it's a big manor. There seems to be a community of both the sighted and the blind. They have a, a in-house priest. And this would, I I think I'm safe to say, is going to be what is essentially our third sort of society that has been developed or third group or third viewpoint of what yeah. the world should be. I mean, the woman who runs it, she uh, she was part of the original group. And uh, I guess what they've established here is, is a society, but it's more based on Christian values. They're, st- they're still going to hold up some of these um, mostly previous yeah. society's values because there are more blind people there. They seem mm-hmm. to be taking more in. And she does mention that when they left, a, a splinter group split off from their group attention. And I think two of the dudes we saw who were like arguing for their way of life previously in the previous episode, they took off to, uh, what did she say? They wanted to uh, completely abolish morality as we know it. I mean, she makes a point that the real sticking point for her and for the people that uh, support her and want to be with her was that original group's idea of breeding, essentially. Well, that's what, apparently their their idea, they left because they wanted, they, they felt that producing kids at all costs, was the only method. Uh, like a couple of creeps. Yeah, it is funny how quick that uh, view changed of, hey guys, we got to start society. Oh, by the way, I need three wives. Then it's like, um, this is all about breeding. Well, it's, I mean, it's that joke from the end of Dr. Strangelove where they're like going to underground bunkers. They're like, well, right. I guess we need a couple wives down there. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this one's not played for jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting here is like, we kind of learned they started the society, 
they're taking in they're trying to help but you know they're maybe not doing it as efficiently as possible mm-hmm. and you know coker as a man full of ideas oh he really mansplains it he oh i wrote the same thing yeah he mansplains the hell out of this woman leading this colony about what she's doing wrong mm-hmm. and would you believe it she's not really receptive <laughs> i know i did i do like that they did that that he comes in he basically is he's rather patronizing about how very patronizing. how he should do things and she's just like yeah, yeah, get out. Get the get the fuck out. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could just get the yeah. fuck out. I I actually thought that was a really well written scene because it seemed like they were more conscious than you would assume someone would be mm-hmm. writing this in 1981. That like you thought the thing was like he's going to explain to her. And she's like, you're right. I'm just a dumb woman. But she's like, no, go away then if you're so smart. And I thought that was really good. That's true. So Coker's going to uh, because Bill hasn't found Joe here. Maybe she's with this group of uh, terrible sex rapists. Maybe she's somewhere else. I don't know when it happened for Bill. But when did his main driving force and the main thing that he wants and desires is just Joe? I mean, I think it was after his party of blind people got the disease and abandoned him because he knew where she was, but he chose to stay with them. But once they kind of fell away from him, I guess his only goal at that point was get back with Joe. Don't you feel him, baby? He's he's setting her up a little bit on on, on too high. I I mean, I think what we've learned about bill i mean he said at some point he's an orphan <laughs> that's right he did say that that was his pickup who's line not married um so uh, what are you gonna do actually i had a thought about that too after we recorded the episode because he, he's like i'm an orphan i'm not married that's that's what he told her as as mm-hmm. a way to be like i don't have anyone else can i hang out with you he had a father we saw a flashback where him and his dad were hanging out in the backyard but his da- i guess his dad died are you an orphan if you dad dies as an adult are you an orphan? Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, he's just he's just a man who has a dead father. He's not an orphan. Yeah, but orphan orphan gets you in, Luke. He's just like I'm an orphan. My parents died last year. He's like, okay, fine. Also, there's an apocalypse. I guess I'll be with you. But and it just does seem funny that of in a society where things are crumbling and factions are being set up and there's rampant violence and there's literally monsters trying to kill you and his goal is not survival or to save people or to make a better society it's i gotta get with this lady because i might get laid <laughs> i mean i yeah it's i mean bit, that's maybe, maybe not be entirely fair no i think you're right it is it is a bit funny i i'll give it the thing that's just like it's his only connection really like he, he's had oh, so that, that, that is fair but you're right it just becomes his driving forward momentum and uh, no spoilers but uh it pays off <laughs> Yeah, we now kind of get a montage of them driving to the post-apocalyptic roadside. We see them hand pumping gas. I didn't know you could do that. Like they have like they're yeah. pumping a machine and gas into a thing. Uh, it's the equivalent of sucking the gas and letting you know gravity take its uh, toll. Bill looks out into a field and he thinks he sees someone, but it's just a scarecrow. <laughs> That's <laughs> such right. a weird. That was a yeah. weird shot. He also he also uh, very shortly gets to uh, uh, get use one of those shotguns and blow a triffid away. Yeah, they they stop at the. Uh, the Whitbread Country Inn, where they see uh, there's a blind man waving a waving a flag out the window, trying to get their attention, and they pull over to see him. And the blind man runs out of the uh, out of the front of the uh, out of the front of the hotel, and uh, what we see is a giant trivet tongue, tongue stick out and slap him in the face. Yeah, as they do. I laughed so hard. I it just shot out of a bush and just smacked him right in I, the face. Every time the trivet attacks. It doesn't look like the threatening attack that they're hoping for, you know, visually, but it just, it's just fun. It's right. It's just a slap in the face. It's yeah. like just watching somebody slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, the blind man immediately dies. But as, yes. As happens. But yes, uh, Bill takes out his shotgun and we get to see a trivet's head shot clean off his body. Yeah. He shoots it twice. Well, first he shoots it and like blows half it off. And then he, sh- yeah, he, sh- he shoots it. It looked like, this is just for me, but 
it was like in the Sergio Leone Western where like you'd have like Clint Eastwood just shoot everyone's hat off. That's what it looked like. But it was the head of the Triffid. It was great. It was really good. I I think it's one of like I, we've talked about it a bunch. The Triffids look great in it. But they look as good, if not better, when they're being like mangled. They I look agree. So cool being mangled. Well, because in that first episode when he stabs it with a pitchfork, first or second episode, mm-hmm. it all looks very fibrous and stuff. I was like, that looks great. I, and I don't know what it is. Maybe we're just so desensitized to like zombies and people being exploded into like piles of goo. Like watching something in a weird shape explode is, is so yeah, much great. fun. It was very satisfying. It's probably just we're desensitized to violence. <laughs> but um, what does he find when he's after he, when he's in this area? I mean, what they kind of happens now is they stop. They didn't save this guy. Coker's lost all faith. Yeah. In their sort of mission, and it, it's kind of funny. Basically, Coker's saying, "Listen, there's nothing out here. Like what I found out here with you." is everyone's gone everyone's dead and i think i need to turn around and go back to tinsham and like i I think i maybe need to be less aggressive about my ideas and uh try to but i still want to help them maybe i need to go back and be less of a dick about it help them prepare for sort of surviving the long term yeah he's all about learning basic skills for survival like farming and whatever they need to do that's that's his goal Mm -hmm. and that's what he thinks he can bring to a situation and he's so he's going to leave bill on his quest and he's going to go back there yeah um but but before he leaves though he he's talking to bill about every all the crazy things are happening he's just like bill man have you seen them those those trivets that they they turn when the cars drive by and that one outside it was clearly stalking the man inside yeah jumped out and got him like they clearly like have a mind they have a brain and Bill just gets so mad. He's like, no, they don't. They don't have brains. They're plants. They're not thinking. It was, I, I think this is probably something that makes more sense in the book. Um, you know, that he's so unwilling to admit what is very clear to everyone else. Because it's clear the, they have intelligence. The evidence is so, is so clear now. The fact that yeah. he's still stomping his feet yeah, and it's furiously. Like, and it doesn't make sense why. But that's, that's what he's, that's how that's he feels. Bill. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That was very funny to me too. But anyway, they split off. They go on their own way. Bill continues his unending driving through the uh, English countryside when he does meet someone new. Yeah, he almost hits a kid and kills him with a car, but her, doesn't. Her, Susan. Yep, yep, Susie. Susie. Is it Susie? I thought yes. it was Susan. Susie. Oh. I know Susie because it's my generic name for uh, someone, a woman if I don't know her name. So I was like, great, I'll remember this. That's what you call someone whose name you don't yeah, know? Yeah, it's like, ah, Susie, whatever her name is, you know. <laughs> um, I did like, as he stops, he nearly hits her and he gets to the car and uh, Susie yells to him. Please come and see what happened to Tommy. Uh, Tommy's dead. Tommy's a small <laughs> child who's dead on the ground. Yeah. Though, yeah. Uh, what's great here is there's a Triffid who has just killed him. Okay. You might have to explain this to me. Yeah. So, Tommy's being killed. There's a Triffid standing over like, his body. So, Bill's like, I'm going to take care of this. He pulls out... Not a shotgun. Not a shotgun. But what... I don't know what this is. It looked like a... like. Something from like Star Trek. Is it in, in so it's it's some sort of weapon that he uses and it looks like a laser shoots out and just chops it clean in half. Okay. What was it? This is a thing he was making in that show flat two episodes ago. Oh, I never would have tracked that. It's it's the thing he was making, and the best I can describe it is is essentially like it's got a big cylinder on one end and then like a launch pad off the front of it. And what he shoots out of it is essentially a throwing star. What a weird thing to seed for one scene. We never see it again. Yeah. I was, yeah, it's not like this is something he's working on and he realized because they're invulnerable and he now finally has a weapon that's going to kill them all and this is what he's going to use. It's just like, it's just for one scene and it looks like a phaser. Well, yeah, it, it shoot because they have to optically print the whole thing. Yeah. And this like throwing star, like I guess think of it like it's shooting out like a... Like a sharp discus. 
Yeah, it's like a blade from your lawnmower or something. This is, he's basically got a lawnmower that shoots. Yeah, but it's like pew. pew. It shoots out and it slices the trumpet's head off in yeah. a very awkward VFX yeah. fashion. But it's also far less effective than the shotgun because you have to be so accurate with yeah. it. Yeah. And what I, I was reading the booklet that came with the DVDs. Apparently, all of the advertising for this entire show has him holding that gun. Like they really played up that gun. Right. One scene. It appears in one scene. Yeah, and it doesn't I, make any sense. I can't believe that you you realized it was the one from what he was working on, on the couch. It's such a, it was such a non scene. It was just because when we, when that happened on the couch, I was I just couldn't figure out what he, like in my mind I'm like, is he building a weed whacker? Like yeah, I, I think I thought he was whittling something. But uh, so when I saw it again, I'm like, that's that thing he was making. Oh, that's and, so weird. And we've already established he has twelve shotguns in the back of that truck. But he chose. He's like, I'm finally gonna try this thing out. Just once. Like, it wouldn't have been better if he'd had two shotguns in each hand. He's like, just started shooting that way, like Rambo styles. I mean, it's, it is it is that camp value that we really could have added. But I will say what happens after he kind of defeats, he, he effectively slices his <laughs> yeah. head off. It's probably, I would say, the most iconic shot of this series is there's this backlit yeah. shot. He's in silhouette with Susie, and they're like pounding across into the ground over. It over looked Tommy like a shot body. from like Gone with the Wind or something. Yeah. I think it fits. I I really liked it, actually. I'm like it, like I'm like if the show had a little a little more artistic flair like this because yeah. this was clearly the director was like I've got a great idea. It's actually gonna be quite nice and really establish kind of the loss of this world. And I, I actually quite like that one shot. But most of this is just a setup. He met a little girl named Susie. She's bringing her dog Rufus along. Yeah, a little black lab, a little black lab, and uh, they drive off. And Susie says to him. Mr. Meal. That's not what she says. Like, she goes, she turns <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what she sounds like. <laughs> she turns and she says, thanks so much for bringing my dog along. He won't be no trouble. And Bill looks at her and says, he better not be. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, Bill? No. What the fuck? Uh, and I have to say, I'm glad they didn't, there was they didn't go into anything weird that he's just picking up this girl. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. We've it's established he's not a pedophile. He's not. A, yeah. I just, I just at first I was like, oh, don't have anything creepy. Just anyways. No, that's a nice part. Bill's a nice guy. Bill, yeah. For uh, despite the fact he yells at his small child for bringing her dog along, or not well, yells, but is a jerk about it. Well, but they were are going to get in a car. They're going to drive off. Drive off, and I can't remember exactly how this happens. Maybe you'll see. But I think they, it's dark, and they. Is it dark or is it light when they see a they see well, a light flash? What's happening basically is Bill is trying to he kind of knows the general area where that farm that's that those right environmental yeah. freaks as Joe put it <laughs> yeah yeah have that self sustaining farm where she thought they should go way way back two episodes ago before they ended up on all their adventures. He's kind of driven to that area of the country and he's found a tall vantage point above it. And at night, he and Susie sit in the truck and they flash their headlights trying to basically get someone's attention. Yeah. They don't see anything. They go to bed. There's a lightning storm. Some very bad post-effects mm-hmm. lightning. They just like flash the screen. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But they in that lightning storm, they do see like a light finally flashing off in the distance. And they're like, let's go to the light. Yeah. And there's like a longer scene than you would joke. think. Of them like just driving, driving around. around because they added in the scene of like, oh no, I'm lost. I went the wrong way and turn around. I'm like, Why would you even put that in the well, show? As they're driving around looking for this light, at some point they pull up to the sign and I wrote it down because uh, I was just like, oh, I guess this is where they're going. Where is it? It's um, they drive up to the Pulboro Chalk Pits. I was like, oh, we're going to see a society that lives in these chalk pits. But all that happens is he pulls up. He's like, oh, this is the wrong way. And he just backs up and drives away. I was just like. I know what. What was was that like a wink and a nod to somebody? I don't think it was. I think it's just a little bit of time wasting. But 
uh they 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 finally find Finds their joe yeah they they like start making out right in front of the in kid. the rain it's pouring rain the yeah. kid leans out the window it's like hey you guys want to take that inside out of the rain or like yeah. the kid actually does lean out the window it's like you guys stupid yeah. and they kind of hard cut to uh sexually chilling by the fire um and she sort of uh she kind of explains what's been going yeah, on yeah that there's they have the, uh two her, two blind people they were with they, friends the couple who owns the yeah. farm She's pregnant. They're two weeks away from the baby coming. She's so happy to see Bill. And Bill's like, hey, this is great. We should go join the people at Tensham back at that mansion. Mm. I'm going to leave you guys here. I'm going to drive back. Tell them, hey, get ready. As soon as that baby comes in two weeks, we're coming. We're coming back at Tensham. Get ready for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard cut to the next morning. He pulls into Tensham. Yeah. Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. It's the uh, the disease. Disease has run rampant. Triffids are everywhere. Did they ever mention what the disease is called? They were given a name? No, they never gave it a name. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, well, we should give it one. What do you think it should be called? Triffid AIDS? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, we should definitely not be that. Ta- it's Tades. Tades then. Ay, ay, ay. All right. This is. Tancer? <laughs> we can cut that all oh, out. Oh, no. Your, your fans will love it. <laughs> yeah, the fans. Those yeah. Jorheads will love it. Yeah, yeah. The Jorheads. I uh, just came up with that. So, they have no choice. They have to stay at the farm. Bum, bum, bum. That's the cliffhanger? This one is the only time they actually yeah. don't really do a cliffhanger, and it kind of works better. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I didn't really need to see footsteps to wonder <laughs> what's coming next. Yeah. And it, that's the end of that episode. The, the shows are real inhumans. Where they're just like, who's up in space? I don't know. Tune in next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is funny, though. It's like, hey, it's footsteps. Who is it? Oh, it's a guy. Anything matter? Not really. It's, Move on. It's this Coker. Remember him? Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the IMDb summary for part six. Do we tell them that the world was wonderfully clever, but so very wicked it had to be destroyed? Or do we tell them it destroyed itself by accident? We tell them the truth. We destroyed it. We created the Triffids, we know that. We didn't create the comet. Was it the Six years later, Bill and Joe consider the future of their farm as the Triffids grow in numbers and a paramilitary group arrives with un- with unpleasant orders. Okay, I that was, was of James Berlin. I was blown away that for the last episode so we suddenly jumped six years ahead. Spring six years later. because uh, well, well, obviously we're going to go through this, but they should have jumped six years later so long ago. Yeah. The sh- series should have started six years into it, and a lot of this would have made more sense. But even weirder is that the six years doesn't really connect to what has happened previously. It's not like they've seeded a bunch of stuff. Now you're going to see what how has it happened, pays off. how yeah. it pays off. No. Or it's not like a jump back and forward and the things they're doing, you're seeing how it's going to result. It's just like, oh, by the way, we've given you everything you need to know now. All right, let's jump over all the boring stuff. It's like, but you guys wasted a lot of time on the boring stuff. Yeah, none of the characters we really know or love, the people who ran off with the... I mean, that's not true. We, we stay with Bill and Joe and Susie's now grown up. We yeah. get a great shot. The, it opens awesomely on shots of London, like yes. overgrown with vines and kind of run down. Bill's come back from... Uh, from a scouting trip there but he's, he's hairier he's also overgrown with hair <laughs> yeah he, has, he hasn't cut his hair as you uh, as everyone knows in apocalypse like you don't have time to shave his got, and his and his beard's gotten crazy huge his beard's huge his hair's yeah. super long and he the the farm is now surrounded by a huge metal fence mm-hmm. it, it it's keeping out one thousand triffids yeah 
they have to call them every 10 days and they can and they count them and there's 1000 triffids outside the farm well you know what there's not much else to do in the farm except for to count triffids uh, fair enough as i mentioned susie's all grown up mm-hmm. there are now two more kids on the farm yeah presumably one for sure is the blind couples and then one is uh bill and joe's that's what i think do but they never say it no i think they've implied it though the way that the one mother went to the one kid and joe went to the other when they were going to bed and stuff i think the implication is that it was their child which because it's a boy and a girl which one did you think was joe's i can't remember which one was which i think it's the boy i would say you're here's what i say joe always goes to the boy yeah but the boy calls him uncle bill oh that's just because (laughs) it doesn't matter doesn't matter i'm not gonna go there anyway (laughs) <laughs> doesn't matter i don't want to know we'll leave it there <laughs> anyway i just thought it was weird i'm like i couldn't tell if they actually had had a kid or uh, if these were the you blind people you know you know i just assumed but you you could be right it could just it could be the other uh family yeah um also in this space of time basically everything's falling apart like london's been completely abandoned bill says he's seen signs at other raiding parties but essentially the buildings are starting to collapse and they really can't go back there anymore sort of the scene is kind of to catch us up and mm-hmm. it sort of ends with them talking about just how many triffids have gathered around the fence yeah. and how quickly they keep coming back and they're just like there's some this concern is voiced at this dinner table and the scene ends with bill saying i don't think it's a problem hard cut to the morning the house is surrounded in triffids look i've been defending bill for a lot of times but he might not be the brightest <laughs> he he's not a bright man yeah he but, means well but he's a and dumb man how did you think the, the scare i thought was okay because what you basically get is joe's in the kitchen and have you mentioned she has grown her hair out she no longer looks like marky post yeah her hair is now down past her butt yeah everyone no one's been cutting their hair so she's in the kitchen seemingly you know making she's making tea breakfast. Or making breakfast and she hears something and then she pulls throws, back the blinds open those drapes. and it's just triffids and it's, it's a bit of a jump scare and it like 70% works. Yeah, it's fun. I, I yeah. mean, I, I agree. And but the, but the point being they broke it through the fence and as Bill there. said, they never would. Yeah, yeah, they're the there. night before. And then but it cuts to even a better scene. I know the next jump cut is even better. So what it is, is you cut to like just foggy smoke and then you have bill and uh susie with uh, flamethrowers and like the the charred remains of triffids everywhere and she's just like we won i know she just (laughs) says we won and i'm just like i would have loved to see that scene yeah i love i love in things like this and i know why because of budgetary i mean yeah they couldn't do it they couldn't do it but like that's the seat everyone wants the dad and daughter just burning it all to the ground like that's great i do agree but i will say there was something amazing about that hard cut to just burnt corpses and then Susie saying we won (laughs) yeah yeah, i I did think i'm like i don't know if i would have enjoyed it any more than you just stating that but so yeah they've they've burned all the triffids that's the thing and then we take a weird little um uh a a little sojourn to a uh a beach date but it's but it's england so the beach is just like rocky and unpleasant pebbles yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh shale i think they call it uh yeah bill takes joe on a date this is purely expositional this Mm -hmm. day it's purely here to get us not just caught up but like fill in blanks but i love though that they've decided to go six years in the future it's like oh guys we have to catch you up because we've did six years like you chose this you chose to put a six years in the future they're not even exactly catching us up here's what basically happens there they talk about how to deal with the trip getting past the fence they've now electrified the fence that's right yeah bill mentions this is a temporary solution because they'll eventually run out of fuel uh but joe herself she has a solution for this particular problem of running out of fuel which was, do you remember what her solution was? I don't know if I did write it down. Joe's solution for them running out of fuel was uh, uh, oh. just turn it on and off every few minutes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Or every few days. Yeah. She thinks that like basically randomly they'll turn the generator off and 
the Triffids seemingly won't know. And what it is implied is that the Triffids are constantly testing the electrical fence to see if it's electrified. But I don't see how it solves the problem of they're going to run out of fuel. It'll just last a little longer. Like, it lasts a little longer. She states it like she solved the problem. <laughs> You're and right. And I was just like, Joe, that's not solving yeah, well, it. I think she's just thinking... Yeah, it will say it, we get an extra week out of it. <laughs> anyway, it's not that important. Um, and then they kind of go into uh, there's this moment where they're talking about the apocalypse in general, and they're like, "What will we tell the kids about the apocalypse?" And uh, what did Joe think they should tell their children about the apocalypse? Um, I have the quote here. If you don't remember, yeah, I don't remember. I know that I know that he says they should just say the truth, right? Yes, and she says we should tell them the world was wonderfully clever, but so very wicked it had to be destroyed. She's very Old Testament. And I was just like, "What the fuck? That's n- like not what happened. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't a punishment well, from God." <laughs> I do, I do like though that I don't know if that's easier to explain than what actually happened. Yeah, it's just Triffids got loose and we all went blind. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they do also talk about here that that they do say it was comets they had yeah, seen, and then maybe well, the comets and the disease and the Triffids are all connected. They don't exactly say how, but they're like maybe. I I mean here here's what it is: is they will now apropos to nothing pose three theories about what's happened uh for the triffids i think they're right because i think we know enough about the triffids yeah is that man created the triffids and the triffids were a bad creation i mean the russians technically created them but yes Mm -hmm. it's man's fault for that the blindness what was their explanation for the blindness i think it was that it was a weapon that sprayed out further than they intended yeah uh, here's bill's theory of of how everyone blind he he tells joe you know how the Earth is covered in satellites? She's like, yes. What if some of the satellites had weapons on them? Okay. And what if one of those weapons had a radiation on it that was used to blind only some people with radiation, and then there was an accident, and that satellite went crazy, and it blinded everyone? She's like, all right. And Joe's like, and Bill's like, I think that's what happened. I like, though, that there's no way for them to confirm what their their belief it, is. It's just And it's just as such a wild... It's just such a wild theory. You could have said anything. What I think is important, though, is I think you see how this relationship is working. Bill says something kind of crazy, and he's very adamant about it. And Joe goes, yeah, that sounds right. Sure. Why not? And then she's like, I, I'm just going to go back to the farm. I don't care what this guy says. Yeah, what, uh, yeah Bill, whatever makes you feel yeah. good. Um, and then also, they have, they have a final theory about the disease that's been killing everyone. It was uh, probably created by the government, as far as they can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I get the point of it. The point of it is to say, all that this happened to us was our own fault. Yes. But they have practically zero evidence to back up any of these theories and, they're telling and it's, each other. It's not handled in the uh, in the tightest way possible. Like They're just like, all right, we got to get this conversation out. And it's like, okay. it's You know what it is? It's one of those things where I don't know if the viewer, or at least myself really cared if they explained things so it's like i know you want to take the time and kind of sort of tie up a loose end but i'm like i don't know if it was that much of a loose end i well, don't really care and i don't think you can tie up a loose end with wild speculation like it's not like they found a document or they right. met a person who knew the answers it's them on a date wildly speculating yeah and i guess that's the thing it's just like we the viewers never going to get any more explanation so we're just like, i get i guess we're just like well i guess that's what happened but yeah because we'll, I, we could, they could have just left it alone. Yeah, right. I agree. They return to the farm after their date, and uh, they see Susie has uh, lit a barrel on fire, and there's just big black smoke pluming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but why has she lit in this fire? Uh, it's a smoke signal because she's seen a helicopter. That's right. And who's on that helicopter? Well, it's funny because it's Coker. but he's, he's back. He's back. But you know what they refer to him as? Jack. 
Oh, it's the first name Jack Coker. Yeah, they but only only in this episode. Up to then it's Coker, but then they're just like Jack because they're like Jack, and I was like, his name's Jack. Well, I love it too because they they pull up. He's there. Bill's so excited, and he's like, Joe, you gotta meet this guy, my friend Jack Coker. And she's like, I believe she says we met. I was his prisoner. I know that was such a funny because when he said you've got to meet her, um, or meet him. I thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah, she knows him. You guys were captured together. And then and then she just calls him. And I'm like, this is so odd. And again, I'm going to say it. Bill might be stupid. Bill might be stupid. I also like that in response to I met him, I was his prisoner. Coker turns to her and says, I'm afraid it's a little late for me to apologize. <laughs> like, so no apology? You're not going to offer any apology? No. Luke, it's a little late. Uh, but he says that to her, gives a non-apology. And then she hugs him yeah. and says, great to see you. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. He imprisoned you. It is It is because uh, it's at least it's someone she knows. <laughs> <laughs> at least I know this person. Yeah. She does kind of say, it's like, so nice to see another human being. I have to talk to this dummy all day. <laughs> He's giving more theories about the Russians. He's just <laughs> driving around. Like, you know what else? The queen's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's, the dog, they should have a shot of the black lab, its eyes rolling. <laughs> oh, I think, the, is the lab dead at this point? I mean, I don't see it. Other than the one time we saw it in the car, we've never seen it again. Yeah, so it's died. <laughs> oh, as we know, though, Triffids won't eat animals. They think of them as friends, like those wolves from your short story. That's true. Last week. Yeah. <laughs> that was canon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he tells them how he kind of, last episode, last time we saw him, he was going to Tenstrom, which we know has died of disease. He fled from there. He's ended up on the uh, on White Island, in uh, I believe he calls them the Channel Islands. I googled it. And I believe it. I believe they're now per- currently called the uh, Isle of Scilly. Oh, I don't know. Sure. Which is which is just off the coast of uh, of the UK, of the the uh, Britain, whatever that mm-hmm. island, whatever their main island is. And uh, he sort of started a community there. And in his time there, he has uh, learned to fly by crashing two helicopters. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what. You know that that's the best way to learn is to fail. If it, yeah, first it doesn't succeed. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has also well starting his community on this island wiped out fifty thousand triffids. Yeah, he said fifty thousand. I was like, that's a lot. No, and he says they've killed fifty thousand, and then they also every season had to go back essentially kill the seeds every spring. Yeah, every yeah. spring you get up and you do a little triffid call, and uh, that's how you keep them off off of this island. But he and but I like that's his pitch. He's like, doesn't that sound great? You guys should all come live with me. Well, he has more to this pitch because he wants Bill to join him to lead a Triffid research team. Yeah. Because Bill's a biologist? Yeah. This whole time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we never, it never was explicitly said at the beginning. And we did know that he was either. He, he did work at that farm. He did work at a farm and it was clearly more than just a farm. There was a lab and there was. Uh, but he did seem pretty low level there. Well, there's only two of them. That is true. That is so, true. So, I, I mean, but Walter seemed the leader. He seemed well, like he was the boss. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. But anyways, yeah, he's he really knows his triffids. This whole time, he's been a biologist. That's why he knows they have no brains, and he's mad at everyone <laughs> when they say they do. Yeah. But they basically want him to come and uh, create the triffid final solution. They want to do like a real military wage of the war on the on the triffids. Basically, yeah, they they want to they want a, some way of like finally removing them from this planet. Um, and uh. Quick aside, though, while you're deciding if you're going to come with us, uh, he just wants you to know, FYI, we in our community, we're building the world in our own image, and if uh, you don't like it, you can leave. Yeah. So he says it in a, in a funny way, though. He's like, look, it's uh, we got real big rules. I, mean, look, I don't care if you like them or not. You can go. 
but he says it in such a passive, like, nice way of like, yeah. It, and he's like, he's like, lots of people have left. Well, that, oh well. And his implication is that the other islands around are now those groups have set up there, and like, mm. it's just like, if you if you have some problems with some of our things, you can go to one of the other ones. You'll find a community that you enjoy. Yeah, we, we have lots of options here, and they they're into it. They want to go to the island with him, um, but Joe wants to spend one last summer on the farm. Yeah, and Bill agrees, and Coker flies away in his helicopter. Mm-hmm. Wake up the next day. Uh, Bill and Susan, they're singing the Yellow Submarine. Yep. Susie. They're coming back from another raid. As they pull up to the farm... Military's there. There's a tank. There's a yeah. full-fledged tank in their yeah. in their front yard. And there is a funny thing about this, because we'll, we'll get into now why this is here. Stuff. Is the, do you think the countryside is so detached from the rest of society? Because you get the sense that there's a huge separation between factions of people, but... You must come across people like like even if there's been a lot of disease and war and violence, there's still it's still a heavily populated yeah. country, right? So like like the fact that there could be a military with tank stuff operating and you would never know about it seems a little far fetched. I mean, I think the idea is it's it, like the, the population is so dwindled that you could like they say they've never they have they haven't seen anyone. You're right. It seems unlikely in his driving around they wouldn't have bumped into them because the militia basically says. We saw your black smoke yesterday, yeah. so we came to check Susie you out. really blew it, by the way. Well, you needed that helicopter. Yeah, you true. needed to get Coker back. Uh, if it wasn't for him, they would. Uh, what are they going to do? Wait for those trivets to get past the vents again? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, this militia is is working for a council that's working to reestablish society. What do we know about kind of their plan? They are a military organization. I I think they call themselves. The emergency council is what they call themselves. Yes, that is the code of the, their core council. What they really are hoping for is that is is how they're going to disperse resources. So, uh, so that seemingly they have available bodies to to be in the military and so forth. But what they basically want is that they're going okay. It's the same idea we've seen before, which is you guys have a great property here, but you only have two blind people, and we've made new rules, which is every person at his site has to take 20 blind people so basically you have two people here we're giving you 40 blind people that you need to take care of you guys are going to be pretty self uh, self-sufficient but that's what's going to happen and if you don't like it you know we're the military they would need people to work the land now so that we can get resources going again we're going to give you these blind people you're going to teach them to work the land it's going to be hard work but once they know how to do it you are going to essentially become a feudal lord yeah. You will have you'll be on the top of the chain. You'll have all these peasants below you working your land. On top of that is the emergency council who is who will be your king. Mm-hmm. And we're basically setting up a feudal system in this yeah. land. And uh, unfortunately another one of the option things is we we can't have this many sighted people on one farm. So we've got to take young Susie with us. We'll right. bring her back to the emergency council. We'll put her to work. She's going to have her she's going to be her own feudal we'll, lord. We'll find her own feudal lord for her and they're like, "Well, she's kind of a job." And they're like, "Hey man, tough beans." That's not optional. So yeah, this is what's going to happen. Bill's like, all right, I'm a smart guy. I'm a real clever Bill. <laughs> so why don't you guys, why don't you, why don't you spend the night here? Why don't you come have dinner with my family? We'll get to know each other. Really looking forward to this feudal lord thing. Sounds great. It's a stall tactic. I think it's one of the few good ideas Bill has. Yeah, essentially he gets the militia drunk. Yeah. Until they pass out in his living room. And then he he gathers up uh, his whole little family, the the blind people, the children. He loads them into his car. But he does something before that. That's true. He needs to he needs to do something to stop the militia. Bill seemingly has beehives, 
because what he has is jars of honey. Yes. And he takes the jars of honey and essentially gunks up the works of the tank I, and the cars. I believe he pours it into their fuel. <laughs> yeah. So he does that. And then, then yes, they all quietly in the middle of the night get into uh, the car and they start driving away. And the military guys, you know, hear them. The cars won't work. The cars won't work, so. Uh, Bill flips off the electric fence, opens the gates, Great drives scene. away. Something I know you were hoping to see. The electric fence? No. that They see they slow down, see a Triffid, then oh, hit yeah. it and drive over That's it. That's true. They finally run over a Triffid. I was very yeah. happy about that. I also like that they just like left. There's like, now you've got these Triffids to deal with. Militia. Suck yeah. on that. Yeah. But as they drive away, they stop and they look back at their, their home they've lived for the last six years. And we get one final... Uh, like triumphant monologue from Bill mm-hmm. about one day they'll return and they'll drive the Triffids from England. The end. It was a bit of an odd ending and a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we're just supposed to be like, they're going to go live with Coker. They're going to restart society. Like, th- like, you know, they're safe and sound now. It was just odd because they had that option. They pushed pause on it to show us one other like weird yeah. post-apocalypse society thing. And then, well, also, I don't know if they needed to jump six years ahead to do this. Like, did it matter? Like, the time was all messed up in the show anyway. I mean, I here's the thing. I think it was the right thing to do, as we saw in the last episodes. Like, having a day go by, and then like the world's now four months worse off. You know, that wasn't working. So at least jumping six years ahead, we could just like we could buy into a lot more. But you know what? It could be interesting though. The first episode could be a year later. Next episode's two years later, then three years later. So by the time you've got there and you oh, could great. see the development, like it just seemed like an interesting idea that was thrown together at the end that I don't know if it entirely works just because they didn't they, they didn't set you up for it. Well, and I, I read something somewhere that just refers to this last episode as, as more of a coda. Mm. Like the, the final episode was last episode and this is just kind of like a, you know, an epilogue to the show kind of thing, which does kind of hold up as an idea because it's just like there's not really a climax is you kind of see how they've survived like they finally got back together with joe they start this time on the farm and now we're just seeing this epilogue of six years later they've done it they've survived they've made it right but yeah you're right it's just kind of like it's weird for your last episode to be kind of anticlimactic it's like two more glimpses of possible of mm-hmm. like possible societies and they're like all right but before we get into the rating stuff i mean they were hoping this was going to be a, a, a tv show I mean, this was a miniseries. Do you think so? I think. Oh, I think. I think the idea was that at, at the very least there'd be more miniseries. I think so. I'm not sure. I because I actually I read the the uh, there's a booklet that came with the DVDs and I read through it and it's interesting. They they made a version of this. I mean, this is was as we've learned insanely popular. Like mm-hmm. the book got written, very popular. The BBC there's a lot of radio shows. I can't remember. Yeah, they made a ton of radio show versions of it for a while. They really wanted to make a movie out of it. The movie ended up passing along to some other company, and in 1962, they kind of made a bastardized version of it. It's yeah. not well liked, and like how like they had a lot of reshoots, and like it just didn't come together. And so it finally ended up in the BBC's hands. And it does seem to me this is meant to be a standalone one-off. Like this was supposed to be just mm. this little mini series, and like the people who worked on it tried really hard to capture the exact things of the novel. And like I think these are all characters from it, and they like hired people, the producers involved. Like everyone was very meticulous about it but i don't think i'm pretty sure it was never meant to be more Mm. than what it is which is funny because you know it could be it could be more than what it is i could have kept going uh, 100 percent. i think but i think as you can see they needed to commit to either it time moves slowly or time moves quickly and because i think they're just like oh we're just doing six episodes 
they know, like you know, there's jump six years. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't know. But yeah, just to, I, yeah, I'm not sure it was ever meant to be more than what it is. So what do you think? You now our last two episodes. Do you want to rate these? Sure. What do you think? What do you think of part five? I'm going to say something. I think you might disagree with me. Weirdly, this was my least favorite of the episodes. Really? And I don't exactly know why. I just thought for the second, I think maybe in the series of all six episodes, it felt like we were running out of time and I felt almost like it was a filler episode, even though I know it's not really, it just feels like we got to a certain point and then they went, all right, we're kind of done with ideas. And then the last episode was like a wrap it together uh idea and i just for whatever reason i i just it was my least favorite so i'm only gonna not not that much different but i'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Six out of ten yeah i definitely didn't feel exactly the same i mean i will admit not a ton perhaps happened in the episode i, I mean i think that maybe could be argued for a few other ones too i felt like this I, what i was happy about this one is i was happy to finally leave the city in this one that's true i liked i mean yeah it was a lot of driving sequences a lot of montage and not a lot happened as a result but for me it was more of the atmosphere of desolation like this hmm. was them finally like showing you the extent of the desolation right and uh, yeah i think as you're right as a result it ended up being a very slow episode with nothing happening but i, I was okay i was okay with it and I, I i might actually go up to a seven on it okay and what do you think about the last episode you know what? Six years later, you're not wrong. It's a weird thing to do. Yeah, I won't lie though. When I when I tuned in and started with six years later, I was I was happy. I was like, great. I, I agree. I was like, I, I can't believe they're doing it. But then I thought, oh great, this will be. Well, at least we'll have moved the story. Especially for me, after the fifth episode, I felt like we were running out of time and it was a bit of a stutter stop. I was like, sure, let's do six. I'm I'm game. Six years later. Yeah, and I mean. We already talked about it. it. It just ends up being a lot of theorizing and mm-hmm. exposition, and like we see Cooker again. We kind of basically get it, but nonetheless, I ended up, like I love seeing all the Triffids. It's not a good episode, but I still it's it had more of the fun of those first episodes I, that I liked. I'm gonna stick with this one. I'm gonna actually move it up to seven point five. I think I'm gonna go up just a tiny bit on it. I'm not too far behind you. I'm gonna give it a seven. I like the idea, and I agree. It felt like one of the first few episodes that we were getting back to it. Um, I just think we maybe just still kind of wasted more time than I think they they could have had a little bit more fun in it. And I mean, a lot of the you know satellites, they, like you could have seeded this through the entire city. Like it, it just became a thing where it's like, give us a bunch of exposition. Is it clumsily done? Absolutely. But are the the puppetry still there? Like the killing mm-hmm. triffids, the flame, the flamethrowers. Yeah. We won. Like a lot more of the fun elements at least were. Yeah evidenced in this one now most importantly we've gone through this show it's got a pretty high average i don't know uh do you want to punch into the computer yeah i'll, I'll punch it all into the computer we'll see where, where we're falling on day of the triffids all right jordan i punched the numbers into the continuum drag computer the final series average for the day of the triffids i can i can guess what is it 7.27 it is 6.64. Oh, it's lower than I thought. Uh, those uh, those middle two episodes really uh, really hurt us. Give a, give a little bit of a punch. A little punch to the gut. I that's think. still... that's No, no. here's the more importantly. Sometimes the scores don't tell the whole story. Uh, <laughs> sounds funny. Um, would you recommend this? You know what? I would absolutely recommend it. Me this. too. I, I think that it's without question. This was a ton of fun. I agree. I, I enjoyed every every little, every little bit of it. And uh, some of it doesn't work. Some of it's a little distasteful occasionally. But it's easy to just like look past it and well, have you know a good it is? time. There's very little, like a lot of these shows that we've seen, you almost have to excuse 
stuff because of the time period and obviously the the special effects and graphics and whatever it is puppetry may not be the best but there's not a lot of things you have to forgive you know the, it the, is... the main character is not a kind of sexist boob yeah well you know? here's the thing it's it's very polite it's a very polite yes, british show so even the distasteful ideas are presented with a very like well, only if you want to though. <laughs> right right anyways i i enjoyed it too i had a really good time it flew by i mean it helps it, 25 minute episodes oof, they fly by yeah i'm gonna read the book that's I, after i was like well i gotta read the book now i really enjoyed this you know what i i also was like considering that i was also thinking i'm like let's just read one of his other books book club oh that's our spinoff yeah <laughs> reading david it's, but, but it's just us on the microphones but we're just Flipping both reading pages, yeah like, licking our fingers yeah and, and then eventually page. we're like hmm Oh, hmm. It's very, uh, it's a very, uh, bad experiment. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say experimental, but yes, bad. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, and that wraps up for Day of the Triffids. Mm. Uh, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com if you have any final thoughts on Triffids for us. I, I think we talk about Triffids for the rest of our lives. If you I, I would to. too. Yeah, yeah. A good time. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter at continuumdrag, we're gonna have cool images for sure thousands of triffids surrounding a fence really it's more like seven but they say it's <laughs> yeah. a thousand yeah uh there's, gonna be some stuff there's on there. fun stuff there's in fun there. stuff all over we won a helicopter yeah <laughs> splack smoke oh we won yeah, yeah they yeah. burned on things absolutely but you can look forward to that on the social media channels of uh, whatever those are and uh listener thank you so much for joining us on our trip to the triffid days days of the triffid yeah in the 80s and we'll uh we'll be on something new next week that's right we're gonna move on to something new next week uh until then jordan good recording with you i'll see you then continuum drag is recorded in toronto ontario theme music by james rick seedler produced by jordan delick and luke black special thanks to aaron yunes adam wheatner jeff hanley jane mccray and stephen packard <laughs>